Thanks for tuning into this week's Stacker Chat, your weekly update on all things Stacks. My name is Gina Abrams, and I'm joined by Muni Bali, Stacks founder. Stacks is smart contracts for Bitcoin, and Stacks mainnet launched earlier this year. Thanks for being here, Muneeb. You recently posted a tweet thread on how Bitcoin maximalism as a strategy is failing Bitcoin. Um, can you give some backstory on, on this thread and, and what inspired it? Are you addressed in there? Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, people who've been in the Bitcoin ecosystem for a while, uh, they know that uh, a lot of Bitcoiners would basically uh, try to educate, uh, especially newcomers, about the benefits of Bitcoin and try to kind of like watch out for the newcomers, uh, like from like, you know, hyped up projects and even even like potential uh, scams going around and whatnot. And this has been Kind of like a part of the Bitcoin community for a while, and I've kind of like you know seen seen the evolution of that uh, since since the since the early days of Bitcoin, and I I do think that um, in the last few years, like especially you know 2017 uh, was an interesting year where two things were happening. One was that Bitcoin was actually under attack from different types of forks, right? Like Bitcoin Cash, like Bitcoin. Satoshi vision and so on. And there were a lot of like block size debates going on. So the community was very uh, in, in tune and active in trying to kind of like, you know, guard against some of those, those attacks from Bitcoin. And at the same time, we were seeing this uh, boom in the ICO market, which initially was actually driven by a lot of hype and marketing, right? So a lot of these projects, some were like outright scams they were never intending to build anything they would just raise capital and run away which by the way you could do in outside of icos as well right like you could just raise money from investors and into a company and then, then try to run away like these things have been around uh, uh for a while so uh i think the combination of those two things um, uh, basically meant that you got a very active uh bitcoin community who are uh trending more towards the maximus line that they're basically saying, hey, look, you're actually better off by only holding Bitcoin and being very skeptical of anything else, right? Like back then, even in 2017, if you talk to me, like, you know, if my friends or family were talking to me, like my advice to people would be kind of similar that look, you know, Bitcoin is fundamental, it's sound money. Um, you know, here's the reason why I believe that Bitcoin is going to change the world. And if you want to dabble in the crypto industry, you might want to hold like 80 or maybe 90% Bitcoin and then, you know, have a small budget to play around with other things and other experiments that intrigue you, but treat that as like, you know, money that you're willing to throw away and it can just go to zero. Even Bitcoin is experimental and I'll try to tell them about why Bitcoin itself is experimental. I think at some point, the tune in the maximus uh, circles changed from this typical thing that, you know, as I said, that, hey, hold 80, 90% Bitcoin and then participating in, in, in some experiments and treat that as like, you know, funny that you're throwing away. It changed from that to 100% Bitcoin and anyone who holds any other asset for some reason is now an enemy of Bitcoin, right? And they will start putting labels on people, labels on even, uh, you know, OG Bitcoiners like like Eric Voorhees uh, and, and, and others, right? So they would... And it's basically, I think if you look at 
any any kind of like you know community or even religion at some point the original intentions and the original motivations uh, of folks starts to get lost right and I'm, I'm kind of like seeing the same thing in bitcoin where, where some of the people who are kind of like more die hard now uh, i'm not saying that a lot of ogs don't do that there are definitely certain ogs that still continue to behave this way but there are a lot of newcomers as well people who join in 2017 people who have never seen uh, the Bitcoin community, when the Bitcoin community used to be a lot more friendly, a lot more open to experimentation, to developers, and it would actually encourage like a lot of different types of use cases on Bitcoin, going all the way back to Satoshi. But by the way, we shouldn't forget, Satoshi encouraged Namecoin. Namecoin both had a different asset, it had a different blockchain, and Satoshi encouraged that experiment. Uh, we've had counterparty, we've had like so many different things built on Bitcoin back in the days. And over time, uh, the community is actually becoming more, more conservative, more radical, more like uh, in in on towards the direction of like pushing away people and basically calling everything a scam. Well, guess what? If you call everything a scam, then people kind of like stop listening to you, right? Like it's it's uh, like that thing about the boy who, who cried wolf. If you're literally calling every single thing a scam, then at some point people are just going to start ignoring you, right? Like because there's no difference. Uh, in calling out an actual scam where people are going to run away with your money and something like Ethereum, which is a decentralized network. So many developers use it. So many uh, companies are built on it. And and at some point, like it, to me, it started feeling that the maximus narrative, not only that it has lost touch from reality, like at some point it just feels sad, right? Like they're repeating the same points that absolutely don't make any sense anymore, right? Like you cannot convince a reasonable person in this day and age that Ethereum is a scam, right? Ethereum is a growing network. It Yes, it has its shortcomings. Like I've been very vocal about those technical shortcomings and some of the decentralization points, but you can't convince a rational person in this day and age that for some reason, someone the entire Ethereum project is a scam, right? It's just laughable. Or there are things around, they're, they're trying to scare people that the SEC is going to come down and, you know, something bad is going to happen to Ethereum and others. The SEC, the maximum the SEC can do is like force US exchanges to delist an asset. Like Ethereum and some of the other cryptocurrency projects, they're way bigger than that at this point. They're traded globally in every single country. And, and, and on many metrics, they are growing like in, the, in terms of like number of developers, in terms of number of actual usage, the number of like... Uh, decentralized services available to people. I've, I've talked about this before. Like if you actually hold Ethereum, you can trade it on a decentralized exchange like Uniswap. You could actually borrow stable coins against it. Uh, you could participate in uh, so many different types of decentralized marketplaces. Things that should really exist in the Bitcoin ecosystem because Bitcoiners supposedly uh, believe more in decentralization and decentralized services. Yet they seem to be completely fine with uh, Bitcoin being this decentralized money layer and then centralized services being built around it, right? So at some point, like, I think they've basically just lost the plot. And a lot of the thinking just rationally doesn't even make sense. And the point that I'm trying to make is that, that this strategy is actually bad for Bitcoin. This strategy is limiting the growth of Bitcoin because at some point, um, it was a more relevant strategy because the type of kind of like attack or misinformation that was out there, let's say back in 2017, like it actually called for a strategy like this, where you're trying to raise awareness 
for newcomers that look, you know, you need to be very careful. There's a huge difference between Bitcoin and some of the other assets. The world has changed since then, since then right? And I've seen it change. Like back in 2017, it was very hard to find uh, high quality engineers, like entrepreneurs who are really, really passionate, really motivated, and they want to build amazing products. And the, the, the overall kind of like uh, type of person who would get attracted to crypto was a little bit shady, right? Like, it, like they, the, uh, the type of people who get crypto attracted to the crypto industry now is actually very different. It's much more sophisticated. It's the type of people who have built large tech companies before, who have actually raised money from sophisticated investors before. And treating them the same way that you treat people in 2017 just basically means that people are going to start ignoring you, which is which is, which is already happening, by the way. Uh, because the Bitcoin maximists have created a little bit of a thought bubble around themselves. Right. If you go to any major crypto event at this point, like Bitcoin is basically missing from the picture. Like I would be the only person who shows up, uh, who is talking about the use cases around Bitcoin and the potential of unlocking the trillion dollar market cap of Bitcoin and so on. Bitcoin is completely missing from the picture. Like in my tweet thread, I actually give uh, specific examples. Like if you look at stable coins, like in the last 12 months or so, Stable coins as a concept have grown tremendously, right? Stable coins used to be on Bitcoin. Like Tether used OmniLayer on Bitcoin back in the days. And over time, that use case has completely moved away uh, from using Bitcoin as a settlement layer to now other, other ecosystems. And similarly, NFTs started on Bitcoin, right? And if you look at the economic activity around NFTs and the marketplaces, Stacks is an exception, right? Stacks is trying to bring back all of these applications to the Bitcoin ecosystem, but ignoring that, like it has completely moved away from Bitcoin. This economic activity is happening somewhere else. Bitcoin is not being used as money uh, in those in those marketplaces, and it should be. Right, and I think I think that's that's the thing where I think it's it's time for a little bit of a wake up call uh, for for the maximalist community. That in, and I and I don't want to attack anyone in, in in particular. Right, a lot of these people are my friends or colleagues from uh, from the old days. And I think they have good intentions at Harvard, or, or most of them. Right? And uh, what I'm pointing out is that this thing as a strategy is actually failing. And you, you need a better strategy. You need a strategy where you're actually more welcoming to developers. You need a strategy where you're more welcoming to use cases being built on Bitcoin, because that means that you can actually make Bitcoin productive. You can deploy Bitcoin in, into assets. You can have decentralized exchanges around Bitcoin. You can have decentralized liquidity protocols around Bitcoin. All those things are good for Bitcoin. And I think a lot of people would come back with basically, look, the idea of Bitcoin is so strong that it's going to succeed anyway. I think there's there's some truth to that. But the, the question that I would ask is, that does that mean that you become complacent? Does that mean that you take the risk that we are going to let the other ecosystems uh, build all of these interesting decentralized technologies and basically just, just sit there and do nothing, or if anything, just keep yelling at developers? Like that is that is not a strategy. You're actively trying to hurt the growth of Bitcoin at that point if you are uh, if your only strategy is I'm going to sit here and basically yell at developers, right? Instead, we can look at using Bitcoin as a settlement layer. We can look at building decentralized technologies. And sometimes they would basically criticize everything under the sun, right? They would pick like some random project from Ethereum and start talking about how it's centralized in certain ways. Well, that is not helping Bitcoin. 
What would help Bitcoin is if you actually build something that is more decentralized in the Bitcoin ecosystem. So the best response here is actually to start building better products. And, and, and I think the, the markets kind of like speak for themselves. I know a lot of Bitcoiners would basically say that every bull market, the quote unquote altcoin market cap becomes higher relative to Bitcoin. Something's very different this time around. I think it's not just a market cap. It's actual use cases. Like if you look at, you know, how many users are flocking to these networks, if you look at how many developers are going there, Bitcoin is actually being left behind. Like uh, if you talk to an average new person who enters crypto these days, they look at Bitcoin as like, yeah, this is kind of like a store of value. You can't really do anything interesting with it. And here's all the interesting stuff. If you look at their time and attention, they're spending their time and attention using applications that have nothing to do with Bitcoin. And I think that that's that's something that is a cause for concern. And it should be a wake-up call for a, a lot of the maximalists. Like, yes, you got you got uh, you got in early and you have helped educate about Bitcoin in 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 the previous years, but this is this is 2021 now. And I think you need to you need to evolve your strategies uh, and not stick to things that are basically like not working anymore. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, and you touched on this a bit, but um, can you speak a little bit further about, you know, how technology like Stacks is really built to benefit Bitcoiners um, and how we can sort of grow the ecosystem symbiotically? Yes. So I think Stacks is a result of a lot of years of actually trying to build interesting things on Bitcoin. Uh, like, by the way, a lot of the more influential uh, voices in the Bitcoin community uh, like if you notice a trend, they're not builders. They don't know how to program. There are only a few exceptions, like, you know, maybe maybe I'm Adam back from Blockstream. Most of the peoples are basically content producers or writers or podcasters, and they're picked up kind of like the narrative from each other and to keep repeating it, right? So they're, they're actually not builders. So uh, it's, it's very interesting that a open source software technology pro- project, the narrative around it is actually being driven by people who are not engineers and who don't, don't understand technology at all. And I think that is something that, 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 that you need to change, right? So when it, when it comes to stacks, a lot of the people in the stacks ecosystems are builders, they're engineers, they're computer scientists. They've actually tried building interesting things on top of Bitcoin. And by trying to do that, I, for example, uh, worked on building applications of Bitcoin even back in like 2014, 2015. I understand the limitations of Bitcoin script I understand the scalability problems uh, that, that we had when we were trying to register tens of thousands of domain names uh, through, through a protocol on, on Bitcoin. And I think Stacks is a result of a lot of that experimentation, a lot of the experiences that we had. And it's actually designed as a programming layer for Bitcoin that can evolve and adapt and, and change without requiring any changes to Bitcoin, which is a very fundamental thing. Like, like another message to the Maximus uh, could be that you could actually focus on the decentralized sound money narrative. We are not trying to change the base layer of Bitcoin. All we are asking for is to have that window open, like have an open mind about these use cases and how they can be good for Bitcoin. Right? So for example, Stacks, as I mentioned, enables decentralized exchanges around Bitcoin. So you can actually have something like Uniswap, right? Where you could do a pure Bitcoin transaction swap into a, a new asset on the stacks layer. And, and basically that is a much more decentralized way 
of of then of trading than using a Binance or a Coinbase. And a, and a true Bitcoiner or somebody who actually believes in decentralization would actually welcome such a use case. Similarly, for lending protocols, uh, Stacks enables applications where your Bitcoin remains on the Bitcoin chain. Uh, by the way, you can't do that with RSK or, or, or federated networks like Liquid. Stacks is very unique in the sense that these applications are actually uh, partially running on Bitcoin. Like some part of the application runs on Stacks, but, but part of the application is just running on Bitcoin. Specifically, your Bitcoin stays on the Bitcoin chain, which is very important for decentralization and security. So in a lending application like that, you're effectively, uh, you're able to make your Bitcoin productive. You're able to lend it where the collateral lives on the stack side. In a, in, a, in a stable coin. And this is an alternative to a more centralized system like BlockFi, right? Again, a lot of the Bitcoiners understand the risks of depending on a single centralized party or a custodian and so on. So they should actually really welcome these applications. And I think uh, with, with Stacks, another interesting thing is that Stacks actually encourages Bitcoin's use as a settlement layer, right? So in terms of, of of Bitcoin's game theory, like in the long run, uh, the Coinbase rewards are going to run out at some point and they will continue to go down in the coming years. So you need to have high transaction fees. You need to have people who are willing to pay really high transaction fees for Bitcoin transactions. And Stacks miners literally do that, right? Stacks miners, because they are settling so much information on Bitcoin, for them, it makes a lot of economic sense to uh, pay really high transaction fees on Bitcoin. And then when you make Bitcoin productive, you basically have this flywheel effect that, that starts. And we have seen that flywheel on the Ethereum side where what happens is that Ethereum is actually very friendly and very open to developers, right? Like forget about what, what the image, uh, the maximalist crowd starts to paint about Ethereum. If you actually interact with the Ethereum community, if you actually spend any time there, you'll notice that those people are very accepting of new ideas. They're very welcoming to, uh, to new folks. And they would encourage you to just go and try out your ideas and, and, and see what happens. So what, what happens in the Ethereum ecosystem is that you get a lot of developers who are tinkering with things, who are building like you know small things that some of them might turn out to be to be big ideas like, like Uniswap, the decentralized exchange, or Compound, or Aave, the, the liquidity protocols. And then Ethereum can be deployed into these smart contracts. And Ethereum kind of like becomes more productive and Ethereum becomes more valuable by doing that. And when Ethereum is becoming more valuable, there's a flywheel effect. Like now people have more resources to attract more developers uh, to actually kind of like build out their applications more. And it goes around and around. We don't have that flywheel effect in Bitcoin right now. Like there are uh, no kind of like easily uh, deployable smart contracts where people can make their Bitcoin productive. If there were, like imagine, you know, and some of these things are in the pipeline using using Stacks. If let's say you could deploy your Bitcoin into smart contracts and actually start earning um, yields in, in Bitcoin, that would actually make Bitcoin more valuable. Once Bitcoin becomes more valuable, there's more capital available to deploy into these things and the flywheel effect starts, uh, starts to happen. So Stacks is trying to enable that in Bitcoin, but sometimes it really feels like you, you have the medicine, the medicine is Stacks, and you're trying to give it to the people and, and their values actually match with what we're trying to do, right? But some, somehow there is this like narrative mismatch or they're, they're having a, a their, their autoimmune system has gone kind of crazy 
because there's a new gas asset attachment stack, right? And then we have, we've, we've discussed that several times, why such gas assets are needed. They're literally there in every smart contract platform, any modern programming language for smart contracts. They, they, it's very simple to pay uh, for gas and actually execute these contracts. If anything, SACS actually has some work in the pipeline where the Maximus crowd can actually pay for gas fees in Bitcoin. Right. That's like as pure of a smart contract platform as you can get because you're just paying in Bitcoin at that point, right? And in the background, you're doing a native swap into a gas asset and just paying, paying the miners. But you, you shouldn't care about that. You're actually using Bitcoin and you're paying your gas fees in Bitcoin as far as you're concerned. Right? So I feel like Stacks is that pin in the thought bubble of Bitcoin. And at some point, like, you know, you someone, someone has to say it. Someone has to call it out that the uh, Bitcoin maximalism is a failing strategy and it's actually limiting the growth of Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin is growing in spite of this failing strategy. And, and the misconception out there is that Bitcoin is growing because of this strategy. And I really don't think that it's growing uh, because of this strategy at all. All right. Well, thank you so much um, for being here, Maneeb. And thank you to everyone who has subscribed already to the Hero YouTube channel. If you haven't yet, please do that to stay up to date on all things Stacks um, and hear more from Maneeb. Um, Thank you. And we'd love to hear any questions in the comments below or on Twitter. All right. We'll see you next week. Awesome. Thanks a lot.